What's up, everybody? I'm French the Bro host with no energy, and I'm Josh so focused that we would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing mix news of the week. And I lost all my energy because I got sick. But if you want to find us on our socials, check us out first on Twitter at the next take then go to youtube and search next take videos and if you'd rather follow on instagram you'll be able to find us at the next take and lastly on facebook at next take media yeah let's get into the weekly update where we left off last time we were coming off a big win against the defender champs in milwaukee and the next game where the lineup was against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which was looking like a tune-up game. It was looking like a game that we could finally start getting some wins off at home. And it seemed like a matchup that we should be able to handle, even though Cavaliers were on a three-game win streak. Now, before we continue this, I would like to formally apologize on the podcast. It is my fault <laughs> that French got sick. <laughs> if he was listening in the last podcast, you could see I was a little still coming down or whatever, but I didn't get that bad. French obviously still is sick, and it's my I fault. I wasn't going to blow you up. It is my fault. RJ Barrett, before this game, said, I think that's just what I was born to be. There's something inside me that I know that I'm destined for greatness. I know that I'm destined for more. I think the work ethic that my family has instilled in me, it's always going to give me a chance to get better. It's always going to give me a chance to prove and show who I am. I'm very competitive, so I think all those things together, somehow, some way, I just know that I'm going to make it. So if you remember the last podcast when I did by myself, RJ was having himself a strong, strong week. Leading into this game, leading into this quote. You know what I'm starting to recognize? Mm. Anytime RJ says something about how he's going to be better, he normally struggles immediately after. Immediately after. Remember in the, remember in the playoffs yep. against the Hawks? He was like, we're going to win. Reacting to, he said, we're going to win. They got clapped. <laughs> and he played Chinese. <laughs> we need oh, to stay away from quotes. RJ, stay away from, them, stay away from them quotes, bro. <laughs> I understand that he's having a breakout season, but anytime he starts saying shit like that, you got to be worried. Start going bad. <laughs> so, boom. Immediately for that. The key players when we think about this game, looking back, to me, I felt like we're Evan Mobley because he had 26 points, 11 for 15 from the field, nine rebounds, five assists. Ricky Rubio off the bench scoring a game-high 37 points and 10 assists, going eight for nine from three-point range. D. Rose... Coming off the, well, no, no, no. D-Rose got to start this game because Kemba was resting. This was the first game of a back-to-back. Yep, yep. So D-Rose got to start, got 17 points and five assists. And the bench squad had a solid performance. Our IQ started to find his rhythm. Went from, he went two for five from three, only scored 11 points without missing. Quentin Grimes got some real minutes for the first time in his young career. Mm-hmm. 12 big minutes. Yep. That was, that was surprising. Ricky Rubio was lighting us up. Lighting us up. <laughs> And so speaking of Ricky Rubio, right? Yeah. I felt like from the beginning of the game to the end, he he was just, he didn't look like Ricky Rubio. At all. He was having a career night where he's just making a perfect play anytime he had the ball. If you sagged off, he pulls up a three. If you play tight, he drives and hits a midi or drives all the way to the lane, gets a layup. And if they guarded him too much, he's going to pass it off for the easy assist to an open teammate. It's just like we couldn't do anything to stop Ricky Rubio. And when it wasn't Ricky Rubio, it was Evan Mobley killing you from the mid-range, from the three. And any time of the few misses that he had, Jared Allen would come grab the rebound and get an easy putback. And I'm saying that they look like a modern-day Twin Towers, in my opinion, so far. And Cleveland just looked like a legit threat. 
for the future. Maybe not for today, but for the future. Ricky Rubio looked like he summoned his inner Steph Curry in this game. Like, and you didn't even mention the one guy, which I... Remember coming into the season, we was talking about trading Obi Toppin for who? Colin Sexton? Sexton, yeah. And he started this game, and Ricky Rubio came off the bench, and Ricky Rubio lit us up, and then, I guess, Sexton got hurt, and then that was like the worst thing that could possibly happen for us because that meant Ricky Rubio had to start the second half, and it was just yes. crazy. Like we, like, we probably win this game if Colin Sexton gets more minutes, but because Ricky Rubio had to fill in for him and was just couldn't miss, it was like, all right, Ricky Rubio can't keep doing this because this is not him. He does not do this. Yeah. He couldn't miss. I'm thinking. He didn't miss till the fourth quarter. Up's coming. I thought Grimes was going to put a stop to him. Nothing. Scoring over anybody. Over tight defense. Yeah. Step back three yeah. on Grimes in his face. Everything. Nothing but net. Unloaded the clip. <laughs> I was like, yo, who is this is Steph Rubio? We're like, what's going on? Yo, this was this was just a this it was yeah it, it was nasty and did nothing for my feeling that we probably would come out good if we traded Obi for for Colin Sexton. But moving on, let's move off of this nasty loss into Knicks versus Philly part deuce. Knicks beat Philly the first game. Quick lead into this Philly. Didn't have him beat. Didn't have Matisse Tybel. Didn't have T- Tobias Harris Harris due to health and safety protocols. Despite that, though, they came into this game with a six-game winning streak. But it really does mean much. That beat him, huh? We were the last team that beat him, right? Came into the game six-game winning streak. Last loss was to us, but really doesn't mean much when you don't got those three guys in your in on your in your lineup, especially at beat. So. Something that we had to kind of take into consideration. We should win this game without no it with no Embiid. You know they ain't got their guys. It's going they really shorthanded. Julius, after the Cleveland loss, before facing Philly, he says, "I take accountability. I have to be a better as a leader, as a leader of the team. Like I'll be better. I gotta talk more, play with more energy. Whatever I gotta do, I'll look at the tape. Whatever I gotta do, because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is winning. Well." He talked himself up, came into the game, seemed like he was on a mission. He finished the game with 31 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. RJ followed his lead, playing Robbins and Julius Batman, had 15 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Now, you hear these stats, right? You're like, oh, yeah. So they came in, they got all the energy. Yeah, Julius got 31, 12 rebounds. RJ had a double-double also. Obviously, we clapped the, the Sixers up. Well... This game was like slightly more stressful than that, y'all. Gonna have to tell you, it was. It was like they got to nineteen points. Billy also had nineteen points in the first quarter. It's like yo, you got no beat, and y'all letting them like go point for point with y'all. The Knicks did eventually start pulling away. Sixers went down by as many as nineteen, right? Which means, all right, you hear that? All right, yeah, you you about to you you just try to like I. Right, Make it dramatic and shit, right? Like, yeah, the Knicks definitely blew them out. Well, <laughs> Knicks went up 14. Every game. Knicks went up 14 at halftime. And then the Sixers cut that 14-point halftime deficit into a one-point deficit close to the end of the third. So the Knicks were up 14 and a half. Once it starts getting close to the fourth quarter, the Sixers brought it to within one. Mm-hmm. Because of who? Well, I guess the starters didn't play with that same intensity. Sixers kept it competitive in the fourth quarter, but the Knicks bench never let them take the lead. Quickly had himself a night as well. Drained all three of well, drained three of his four sh- uh, shots. All of his shots coming from behind the three point line. He finished with ten points. Obi gave Jules a quick breather, but he only played eight minutes. Jules played a lot of minutes this game. Obviously, he was playing well. Had 31 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists. I said 13. Uh, 10, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. What was you about to say, French? 
I said he was carrying a load. Did he? Yes. It 100%. That was like, like he had to score all the points for us down the stretch. 100%. So the Sixers brought it back within, back to within one with the bench out there. Tibbs brought the starters back in. And Julius then took over the scoring load. He scored four of the Knicks' last six field goals. Two of those field goals were back-breaking three-pointers from Julius, who finished five of ten from beyond the arc, 50% from from the three-point line. Now, despite the fact that Julius had himself a game, as you could see, frustrating trend by this Knicks team. Seems like halftime comes, and then the Knicks come out, starters come out with little to no energy, not enough energy to... Mm-hmm. maintain a lead or to extend a lead or to cut into the opposing team's lead. seems like at halftime, this Knicks team doesn't know who they want to be when you throw the starters out there. And that's, this is a trend that we're going to continue to see moving forward. Yeah. I, I, I started to get worried. I'm not going to lie after this game. Mm-hmm. Cause even though we won, I'm pretty sure we had a completely healthy team on this day because Nerlens was playing, right? Oh no, Mitch Mitch didn't play this game. Right. So outside of Mitch, we had all our guys and we're struggling against the fourth and fifth options of this team. Yep. It's and, and I understand like everybody in the NBA is great. Everybody had to be great to get to the NBA, but bro. There's no way that this team had the chemistry that we had because we only have two new players in the starting five. Mitch wasn't even playing last year. And we're struggling against Philadelphia, who we already beat with their star player. Yep. Yep. And their second star player. It's, it's, It's really no excuse. And as you indicated, yeah, we were playing without Mitch. Nerlens did get the start. And this is also a game where Nerlens got hurt with a knee injury. There's really, I, I, there's really not much you could say. You, you could be all right. I'm thankful that we at least got the win. We beat a team that we're supposed to beat, who had none of their, had their, did not have their most important player, and we're also missing several other key players. But this is definitely a different tone than the one that I had a couple weeks ago. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, we that <laughs> we started off so good, and we're not seeing that team. But yeah, this is a completely different team from preseason. But for sure, uh, let, let, let's continue on. Well, what game was after this, French? This was the second matchup with Milwaukee. This time we're at home, mm-hmm. coming off of a nice win. Not a nice win, but a win. A win's a win. You're gonna take it. Mm-hmm. So. Now we going back home. And I noticed that like whenever we play the teams that you don't want to get up for, it's mainly because you're saving the energy for the teams that you do get up for. You know what I'm saying? Correct. All the best teams in the NBA last year, we we got up for them and beat them. Milwaukee, we beat them. Philly, we beat them. But Orlando, we lose two at home. Right. So I feel like, all right, we have a formidable opponent at home now. Milwaukee. Mm Mm-hmm. We just beat them by double digits last game after being down, what, 15? Mm-hmm. We were down, coming back, and then winning by 10 on the road. Yep. In Milwaukee. So I'm like, all right, we're back home now. We got the crowd. We got Mitch back. We got everybody played. Everybody. No, there's no excuses, no hell. There's no Chris Middleton. No, he didn't play this game? Nah, he was, he was out from his injury against the Sixers. You're right. Little still has to come back. Nope. But there's no excuse. Like, you beat this team at home before. You look like the clearly better team. Mm-hmm. And then you come back home. They have no Chris Middleton. And we seem to have a game plan already for Giannis to keep him under wraps. Seemingly. But yet, yeah, Pat Connaughton comes in here and scores a, a, a 23, 23 points with three late three-pointers that ended up sealing the game. Drew Holiday having a little small duel with D-Rose at the D-Rose is bugging on him at home, which got us the win. 
And knowing that True Holiday is a, a old NBA defender, people say he's the best defender in the NBA. I knew he was going to come into this game with energy, come motivated to play. But even still, like, he had to do it with D-Rose, and he ended up with 18 points and six assists, four for six from three. And every starter on Milwaukee scored at least 15 points outside of George Hill. But on the other end, the Knicks starters just looked bad. Like, they looked bad. The only player in the starting five of the Knicks to score over double digits was Julius Randle, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. 16 points for Jules, which is c- comparing it to last season, that's nothing. That's a, that's a borderline bad game, especially when you don't rebound the ball, which he only had five. And every other starter did not play well. RJ nope. did not play well. Fournier, Kemba did not play well. But the entire bench squad came into the game and just changed the entire dynamic of the game, I felt like. Because D-Rose ended the game with 22 points. OB had 14 points. Burks and Taj contributed. But I think Burks had 14. Taj didn't score, but he had he had Giannis, it seemed like, locked up the best out of anybody on the team. And IQ had his season high, 18 points. And like I'm saying, like, the starters just looked stagnant, and the bench was able to come into the third quarter when the score was 70-46, to 46, and almost immediately, Derrick Rose checks in and hits a three. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday comes right back, hits a three to match D. Rose, and then the game starts to have that competitive nature to it again. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And there just seemed to be more life on the court. IQ and Obi come in, immediately start firing up the crowd with their chemistry, playmaking, with the with, with Obi's athletic athleticism running down the court again, dunks easy easy points in transition. End of the third quarter, Derrick Rose gets a steal, speeds down court and lays it in before the the shot clock goes off to end the quarter. It was a fun game after these guys came back in. Yeah, they seemed to be on all all together. They knew how to play together. They knew what they was doing on defense. Everything was just on a tight rope. On offense, they moved the ball until somebody got the extra shot off, just like we was doing in the preseason. That's what I'm. That's what I'm accustomed to. That's what I'm accustomed to seeing from the from the starters in the in the preseason and to start the season. Right. But they're not doing that no more, right? I'm seeing that with the bench unit though. And Burks is hitting big shots. D Rose looks unconscious from three. IQ is looking like IQ again. And remember, I said the score was seventy. What what I say was seventy to forty six, right? The bench unit starts the fourth quarter and they continue from the third quarter and bring the lead back down to one. <laughs> and Tibbs decides to just leave the starters on the bench because they're not bringing no life. The energy is coming from the bench unit right now. And that's what every Knicks fan on Twitter been begging for for weeks. Let the bench play. Let the young guys play. Let them play like they give a shit. And we brought it back to one. And then that's when Pat Connaughton just goes off mm-hmm. and starts hitting threes. Uh, Grayson Allen in the corner threes. It looked like the bench started to get a little tired. They got they got worn out from playing so many minutes straight. And Milwaukee ended up taking this home, taking this on the road in the garden. And it's another home loss. Not another a bad home loss. Kemba went one for seven from the field. RJ went three for eight. Fournier went one for five. Like I keep saying, this is not the team that we saw in the preseason. Every starter had a negative 20 plus minus outside of Mitch. <laughs> RJ had almost a negative 28. No, he did have a negative 28. Almost a 30. Like, bro, the team, the other team is outscoring your team by damn near 30 points when you want to court. That's bad. Embarrassing is what it is. And, ba- and you're at home. That's bad. That's bad. But. That 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 game was just nasty. Like, we could go into the next game for all I care. Right now. I do not want to think about that game one more second. Well, what makes you think I want to get into the next game? <laughs> all right, next game: Knicks versus Charlotte, which was last night. Right as a brief lead-in, Kemba back in Charlotte for the first time as a New York Nick. Obviously, he's been back in Charlotte since leaving there. That was the team that he started his career with for many years, made his all-star team, all that stuff. He 
went back there when he was with Boston. But this is his first time as a Nick. Kemba Walker, after the last first time with a crowd. Yes. Kemba Walker, it's really on me, he says. I think I can help my teammates be better at the start of games. I think I can use my voice a little more. I don't think I'm energetic enough, and that needs to be my role. I need to get my guys going. I will definitely take some onus on that aspect. I got to do it. Now, you guys notice this episode, I'm taking quotes from our players and just trying to see, trying to figure out what is going on in their heads. Started off with RJ talking about how what he's destined to be. And since he said that quote, he's played like ass except for the one time he had a double-double behind Julius Randle in the Sixers game. But even in that game, he only scored 15 points. Julius Randle said it's on him. Came out, scored very well. But the team as a whole, I wouldn't say played well against Philly after he said his quote. After the last game, we didn't even get into it. But after the Milwaukee game, Tibbs was asked about the starters. And he said, oh, he was asked about if they need more time to gel. He said, well, after 10 games, you say you need 20 games. After 20 games, you need 30 games. After after 30 games, you need 40 games. Next thing you know, the season's done. Season's done. So that's a bunch of bullshit. Direct quote. So it's a bunch of bullshit. You got 10 games. You guys played well to start. Now you guys are giving us all these quotes and all this about what you need to do better, what you need to do. Just do it. Nobody wants to hear these quotes. I'm saying them. I'm saying them because they sound nice. It's 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 not it's stuff that you want we want to hear as fans. But we don't just want to hear them. Yes, Kemba, it is on you. Yes, Julius, you are supposed to be the leader of this team. And you have to figure out how we're gonna play better. And Fournier. We started really well, shooting the ball well, sharing the ball, etc. Now it's not as good. So are we playing not as well because we are missing shots? Or are we missing shots because we aren't sharing the ball? It's always that question that you've got to ask yourself. In my opinion, it's because we aren't getting good shots and we aren't working the defense well enough. That is probably the most accurate quote out of everything. Because they did start really well. They were shooting the ball well. They were sharing the ball. And all all of that stuff is not as good. And the defense is not consistent. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all of that after the game. But this quote, I feel like, is the most apt one. This next one where he agreed with and RJ said, the team needs more time to mesh, which is kind of the opposite of what Coach Tibbs said following the last loss. That... I, I don't need that. But speaking of a lot of the last loss, the Knicks coming into this game lost four of the last six. Lost four of the last six games. Charlotte, on the other hand, they won their first game in the month of November. We're already damn near halfway into November. Then the Charlotte Hornets finally win a game in November against the Sacramento Kings coming into this game. That this is the team that we're playing against. Now, my homeboy was asking me about, okay, yeah, we should probably win this game. And I was like, yeah. I was listening to this last podcast, and um, I could see this being a game that we could be excited about, but I could also see this being a game where the Knicks have to worry because the Charlotte Hornets like to run. And what if the Knicks been extremely weak at this season? It's been getting back on transition deep. The Charlotte Hornets like to run even after made baskets. So, which they give up. They give up a lot of easy baskets. They give up a lot of good back. They're not a great defensive team. Worst defensive team in the NBA right now. But if you're the worst defensive team in transition, which the Knicks are, if not the worst, one of the worst, yeah. Eh. If your defense ain't there, you got something to be worried about. So. Yeah, this is worrisome a little bit. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. 
I'm also I also want to say it looked like Evan it seems like Evan Fournier doesn't seem to like playing with this five. Yeah, let's get into that later. Body language, Julius's body language. They don't look like they enjoy playing together anymore. Nah, I don't know if I agree with that. But let me just get into the game. Kemba came out the gate in Fuego. Scored 17 in the first quarter. 17. First quarter. Led the Knicks to a sizable lead. Had 20 at the half. But in the second quarter, the Knicks kept the Hornets around, fouling, fouling them, and not giving them easy shots, giving them, giving them free throws, etc. After halftime, I, I don't I, I forgot to write what the halftime score was. Halftime score. I will get let me get pull that up right here. Well, at halftime, we were playing very well. At, well, after the halftime, we were playing very well, but a lot of people were concerned about the Knicks potentially letting the Hornets back into it. So at halftime. The Knicks were up 55-46. It was a nine-point game. The Knicks starters allowed the Hornets to go off immediately and go from being down nine to up two in about two minutes. Two minutes. The Knicks were up nine, and then all of a sudden you watch. Charlotte Hornets score. Charlotte Hornets score. Charlotte Hornets score. <laughs> They tied it up, and then they went up two with, with a little over two minutes in the third quarter. Not left. Two minutes in. Knicks starters were in net. Tibbs, they went back and forth before the Hornets went up nine. And then Tibbs decided, all right, I got enough. I had enough. Let's bring the bench in with three left in the third. By then, the Hornets already had their little rhythm. Going into the fourth, the Knicks bench brought the Knicks back into the game. Obi Toppin had a windmill dunk that gave the Knicks a two-point lead in the fourth quarter. So now, remembering the last the last couple of games, how that what's been happening, Tips has a decision to make. Do I run with the bench? Risk them gassing up, gassing up, again, gassing out and losing the game like we just did the other day? Right. Or do I bring the starters back in and potentially lose the game that way. Well, D-Rose... But I'm thinking after the last game, the starters should be a little motivated to come back in because now you you already had to sat, sit out in the fourth quarter. Now this is your chance to prove to me that you deserve these minutes. That's what I viewed that decision as. You would think that, right? Well, well first of all, apparently D-Rose got hurt. I'm waiting on some updates on what's going on with D Rose as far as how how he got hurt, what happened. But he got hurt. Kemba had to come back in. Then Charlotte tied it up. Obi had a windmill dunk. I guess Miles Bridges didn't like that. He followed that up with a windmill dunk of his own. <laughs> Tibbs comes brings back RJ Julius. And end of the game. Basically was Julius Randle getting abused by Miles Bridges on both ends of the court. Yes. And let's not ignore the fact that R.J. Barrett was getting abused. But Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. I forgot about how they were the entire entire game. The entire game. R.J. Barrett, who was looking to be the Knicks' best two-way player this year, abused on the defensive end of the court. Julius Randle was supposed to be our best player, abused by Miles Bridges on both ends of the court. Hornets win 104-96. Kemba, who I said had 17 in the first quarter, finished with 26 points, but was an absolute non-factor in the fourth quarter. In fact, all of the starters were. Of the 20 points that the Knicks scored in the fourth, the only point scored by a starter was a free throw by Julius. His free throw percentage in the fourth quarter, 25% as he went one for four from the free throw line. So it's not even that he couldn't even get to the line or maybe the one free throw was a technical, whatever. No, he got to the line twice, bricked three times from the line. Why are you on the court? Missed all four. Why are you? Almost missed all four. What, what was that quote you said? It's on me. I take accountability. How are you taking accountability if you're missing three free throws 
after you had a lengthy rest. It's not like you could say you was too tired. You breaking you breaking free throws, bro? You only scored one point in the fourth quarter? Tibbs is talking about how much great conditioning these guys are in. It don't look like it. And then they just come on the court and just look tired. I don't understand it, bro. The only dude who I can give a pass to and it's like, I, do I even, at this point, can I still give you a pass? Is Mitch. Because Mitch, is, Mitch couldn't do his cardio while he was rehabbing with his foot. So he, he you, you bulked up. You did what you had to do. You had a great game against Embiid. You had a great game against Boston. Or you had a great game against Embiid defensively anyway, but you you don't still look like you're still trying to figure out your rhythm. You're still looking like you're still trying to figure out your shape. With that said, we're getting into 15 games. You got to start figuring it out, Mitch. But you're the only one I can really give a pass to. I'm expecting you to get your rebounds back up. Your rebounds have gone give down. A pass for, for, for leaving the game with an injury and coming back? Because <laughs> he did it again. I'm not going to. Just gonna leave it alone. All right. I thought about you immediately when I saw that coming back in after scaring us again. I'm gonna leave it alone. But <laughs> we already said we're gonna. Yeah. The rest of y'all, no excuse. Evan, Kemba, RJ, Julius, I have no idea what the hell y'all are doing. You, you can't be gassed. You can't be. You, yeah. You can't. We're worse than last year's team, it looks like. But we weren't saying that after At the first we, week yeah. and a half. I was talking about championships. You forgot? Uh, the name of the episode that you said it on was the C word because of what you said. Like, I don't know what's going on. It looked like they had the chemistry down pat. It looked like they was playing together all summer. It looked like they didn't need to gel. It looked like they were ready to go to start the season. And that's what I was expecting to see every night. Now I don't know what to expect when I turn the game on. It's like, it's almost it's almost as bad as the Knicks teams in the 17 win seasons when we would always make a comeback and still lose the game. That's what it's starting to feel like now. I, like playing down to our competition, it seems like we're still trying to overcome that. Yeah, so let's get, let's, let's get into these thoughts. Let's get into how we feel about these Knicks. Because this... this First of all, I want to say that the, their play over the last couple weeks. I'm not thinking of the C word. I'm thinking the B word. Basura. It's the B word. <laughs> Basura. Trash. Bad. Garbage. I really don't even know. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be measured here. Because they played well. They went off to a five and one start. And now they are what? Seven and six? Hanging on to the AC. Eight seed. By thread. And I don't know whether I wanna I don't know if I should be worried if I should say this is just a rough stretch. I don't know. I don't know if people are on Twitters and on podcasts blaming Kemba, if I should agree with them. People are saying Kemba should start. I don't know whether that's an overreaction. People are saying that RJ needs to come off the bench. I don't know if that's an overreaction. People are saying start Obi. That's an overreaction. But it, it's not. All of these, all of these things that people are saying, you understand why? Because the starting lineup is playing so garbage, and, and they're not playing consistently. Like Julius has had, Julius had a game this week. It was good. RJ had a game last week. Good. Evan Fournier and Kemba started off the season shooting lights out. Mitch started off the season with his best game of the season. I'm looking for a consistency from all five of them before I can really say, I don't think that you can judge this team based on how they're playing right now. 
But at the same time, if they keep playing the way that they're playing, that's the consistency, right? <laughs> hey, you know what I'm, you know what point I'm at? What you at? So anyway, it as I was saying, <laughs> it might be time. Nah, that let's get let's get him about a Philly. Let's get Ben Simmons about a Philly. Cause I don't like how Kimber looking on defense, man. I don't care if you draw drawing charges. You no, I every I disagree. Time, with, the other team is picking you up. I disagree with that because the game that we won against Milwaukee was because partially because Kemba was locked in defensively. A lot a, a lot of those key plays at the end of the, uh, at the end of the game. A couple of those were Kemba drawing charges, which I didn't talk about when we talked about that that Milwaukee Bucks game, but Kemba was locked in defensively. Yeah, I understand that. Evan Fournier. But do you understand that Ben Simmons would be better? <laughs> but like I, I understand that, that Ben because... Simmons will be better defensively, but Ben Simmons will not be the offensive threat that Kemba Walker is, even a diminished Kemba Walker is on offense. Because Kemba doing as much good, but nobody's playing well, and that's the thing. There's there's more to it than this player. Like that's the thing that I'm trying to say here. It's more than one player. You can't say it's Kemba's fault. You can't say it's RJ's fault. You can't say it's Evan Fournier's fault. Like you could pick a game and be like, "Yo, we lost this game because this player did not do what he needed to do." You could do that, but I'm talking about as a collective. As a collective, like this at, starting five just is not meshing well, and I would have much rather see Ben. But we've seen starting five than Fournier and Kemba. We've seen this starting five. First of all, three, three out of this five starting five has played together for a significant amount of time. No. Even if you don't want to include Mitch, cool, RJ and Julius. But Julius has had great chemistry with Evan with Evan Fournier. Like, Kemba and Evan Fournier had great chemistry. They played together last year. Like, is there a reason? Is there a reason that we can definitively say that this starting five should should not be playing well together? Is there anything on the court that we are seeing? It just looks like they don't know who, they don't know if they should be deferring or if they should be taking the game into their own hand. And... Maybe it's on Tibbs as opposed to the players. Not saying that this is Tibbs' fault. I want you to hear me out. Maybe it's as simple as, listen, there are going to be times where Julius has to, has to be the guy that we run the offense through. There's going to be times where Kemba has to be the guy that we run the offense through. There's going to be times when RJ has to be the guy that we run the offense through. But run these plays to get all of you in sync. And whoever has the hot hand, that's who we're going to go to when we need it to. It, it just seems like there's too much of guys trying to figure out figure it out as opposed to letting their teamwork do what it does. A lot of times we start off the game playing well, and then it's the third quarter. It's like, yo, why don't you do in the third quarter what you were doing in the first quarter? Just start over. ISO Julius. Huh? It's too much ISO for Julius. And yeah. And getting in a rhythm. Right. On the defensive end, it seems like they're going to keep switching up until they cut Fournier or Kimbo on them, and then they score an easily each time. It seems, like, it seems like they go into the third quarter, and then whatever happened in the first quarter, that's what they're going to – that's what they're going to do again, even though whoever was hot in the first quarter might be cold now. And these, they need to just go back into whoever run the offense until you find whoever has the hot hit. Or until you find the best shot available. And, and That's play, what they were doing in the beginning. And play defense. And lock in on the, the defense. De the defensive end should, should not be, a, it seems a lot like the defensive end is affected by what happens on the offensive end. And that's not how this team should play because that's not how they played last year. The defense, put the defense should be locked in 100%. And that's why I feel like we can't put that on Tibbs because Tibbs believes in defense before everything. But the Knicks, that's not what he wants. But the Knicks win games, uh, the, the Knicks win games when their offense is on point. And this last stretch of games, their offense hasn't been on point. So 
I'm not saying that the losses are on Tibbs. It's just the way that they look offensively on the court. Maybe, maybe he needs to, or maybe he needs an offensive coordinator or something, but we should not be looking at this lineup of Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and seeing the whole entire starting lineup is minus 20. We shouldn't be seeing games where it seems like they're all struggling to score, but the bench who come in and they all are like, oh, we'll play together, play together on defense, play together on offense, whoever's got the hot hand. What the bench is doing, the starters should be doing. Yeah. They, they're getting coached the same. So why are the starters not doing the same thing as the bench? Why is it? Why Why is whatever the bench is doing, okay, you guys and the starters are, are struggling, whatever they're getting this. Let's focus a little bit more on this with you guys. It seems like they just too easily get into ISO Julius mode. Kemba is deferring too much. Fournier, for whatever reason, he seems like when he has that two-man game with Julius, he's in. But outside of that, it can't be like that. You guys all have a role to play, and you guys are all capable of taking over the game in one form or another. Less so Fournier than everybody else. Less so Robinson than everybody else. But you guys all have a role that you guys should be playing. And you guys are not playing it. Tibbs has to figure that out. I don't think the inclusion of Ben Simmons is going to fix anything. Because all it is is going to do is you're going to have another guy who can't shoot next to Robinson. Which is going to be a problem. Robinson has to be the only dude on the court who can't shoot. Because he has to occupy the paint. You have him and Ben Simmons on the court. It's not going to go together. You're going to have to start Taj. Tips and make it work? I don't think so because he's not making this work. You got four shooters and, and Mitch. That that should work. Damn. Everybody can handle the ball. That should work. Everybody can pass. That should work. These dudes need to get shots up in order to get into a rhythm. Ben Simmons don't need that. He's going to find his rhythm in the game. He's going... Like, what I'm telling you is... Ben Simmons is easier to fit into this offense and defense than people are trying to give credit. Like, I feel like that's an easy acclimation on the defensive end. I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like all of these guys, like Julius just needs to see the ball go into the basket. It doesn't matter how. It could be three. It could be, Julius needs to play it could be in the pain. Energy. It could be step back, whatever. RJ... RJ usually figures it out. I don't know how to speak for RJ. RJ, I'm used to seeing RJ be bricks bricks in the first half. In the second half, he gets to the basket and he, or he shoots the three, lights out, whatever. He figures it out mentally. It's all in his head. It's not about him seeing the ball go in the basket. It's about what about making his adjustments. We're not seeing that from RJ. I, yeah, Kemba, Kemba is not a guy who scores in the paint. He's it's just about the three point line. So it's not that. Like, these guys all play the same. They don't. They don't all play the same. It's not all they need the ball in their hand and they need to dribble the ball. Nah, they all have different games. Their games should mesh. Even though they all are mostly scorers than defenders, you guys, there's an offensive system that should get you guys all to play well offensively. And all of you are, are not doing what you need to do for whatever reason. So... There was this tweet, I guess. I saw it. French, you sent it to me. What is this tweet that that we saw that's going around? It was from Stat Muse. And apparently, the Knicks starting five lineup with Kemba, Fournier, Barrett, Randall, and Robinson have played the most minutes together this season, and they are a negative 78 plus minus in those minutes. Yikes. The worst by any five-man lineup in NBA history. One, well, no, 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 I'm sorry. The worst five-man lineup in the NBA and the worst defensive rating in NBA history. Mm -hmm. That, that's saying a lot. Is saying a lot. Do I think it means anything? I'm going to say this. Yes, one of my main concerns coming into the season was the loss of Reggie Bullock and the inclusion of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. 
on this team defensively. I don't think Evan Fournier is necessarily a bad defender. Kemba Walker, when he's locked in, is not a bad defender. A lot of the Knicks' defensive woes in the starting lineup, it seems to be communication and in transition, specifically. Yes, and consistency. Communication and consistency, specifically in transition, but also outside of in transition, defensively. When they're locked in, defensively, which isn't often, but when they are, you see the, def- the defense that this team had last year, even though, even without Reggie Bullock, because I, I've made it known, I, Alfred Payton is not a good defender in my eyes. He's not. Bigger though. He is bigger, but he, many times we've seen him sleeping on defense last year. Asleep. For no reason. On ball, yeah, okay, he was all right. But a lot of times they just played action away from from him and he'd get lost and they'd have an easy basket. I don't see that big of a drop drop off. Between Kemba, no. between Alfred and Kemba, I don't. They're targeting Kemba. They are targeting Kemba because he's small. He was never doing that before. But Kemba Walker also is drawing charges and forcing turnovers on the other on the other team a lot more than it's not equal. It is not equal. About it's not equal. But where Kemba is weak, Alfred was strong. Where Alfred was weak, Kemba is strong. And I think more so that it's going to have to be about. Communication. Evan Fournier, there's a video, there's a clip on Twitter. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the notes for y'all to, to look up. Evan Fournier had a great defensive possession in preseason. It might have even been in the first game of the regular season. I don't even remember with the team. But there's a clip where Evan Fournier regarded like the whole other team pretty much. Running around, zipping back and forth. Knicks were communicating. Knicks were talking. Everybody seemed to know what they they were on a string. The defense was on a string. It led to a, a, a missed shot. I don't think I've seen Evan Fournier play like that for half of the games this season. Completely agree. And so it's it's about locking in. It's about being consistent. It's about communication. I don't know if... Tibbs just focused more on the offense coming into the year because the offense was looking great. Maybe he should have focused more on both or maybe he should have focused more on defense because there's a lot of times where the defense looks confused. Even the bench sometimes looks confused. The other day, I think it was against Cleveland when the, when the bench when the bench was on 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 the court at the fourth quarter, there was a, there was a point where the other team was coming back. I think Derrick Rose and Kemba were on the court at the same time. And everybody's pointing, pointing, pointing. Derrick Rose is like, yo, I got two guys. You got to pick up this guy over here or something. Kemba runs to the guy, the other guy that D. Rose is furthest from. And I think that was one of the Connaughton threes that that he made at the end of the game that put the game away. Yep. And it was like, I know that the bench, the whole bench lineup is out there. Yeah, they're not as good defensively as the starting lineup as far as individual talent, but they work together much better than the starting lineup. Kemba, Kemba was on the court. I don't remember who else was on the court, but there was just, there's something there where they have not figured it out. It used to be great in transition defense. You're not seeing that now. So that, that, Maybe they need a week. Maybe they need some more practice time. I don't know what it is, but last year they didn't have these issues. And it's not like everybody on the team last year was a great defender either. Far from it. Far from Nobody it. Nobody was even close to making an All-NBA Jewel, And we had a top five defense. Yeah. Julius Randle last year was a much better defender than he is this year. 
He just got abused by Miles Bridges. Abused. Julius Randle has to lock in more. R.J. Barrett started the year, he was looking like what our best defender. He got abused last game. And and this is <laughs> a wake up call. I don't I don't I, I just don't understand what I'm seeing, especially from those two guys. Especially it RJ. Seems, it seems like they view themselves as a lot better than they are. Maybe. The fourth seed probably hyped them up a little bit last year. And a hot start came into this year talking about, oh, the floodgates is open now. The paint's going to be wide open. We're not seeing that. He saw, RJ told me he on the verge of being special, wants to be an all-NBA defender. And it just seems like they, 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 they heads is in the clouds and their bodies are still here. <laughs> like, bro, you have to take the steps to get there, bro. You can't skip to that point. Because it seemed like Julius is trying to put the team on his back and he keeps shooting these air balls off the backboard. Not, not even getting close to going in the net, having these 5 for 13 games. Like, you have to take the steps to get there before you can start behaving like you a superstar. And I, I'm hoping that we get the chemistry back because it seems like it's rubbing off in the wrong way to the teammates that just came in to Kemba to Fournier because Fournier's already talking about how he ain't moving the ball. And he can't get into no rhythm. Kemba look like he's just trying to fit in anytime he's on the court. Yeah. Except yeah, that's night when he dropped 26 and we still lose. That's another thing. Kemba, Kemba, a lot of these games, Kemba ain't being a point guard. Ooh. A lot of these games. But he he did in games this season, though. That's he, what's confusing. And he has. And I don't know if it's because he's trying to defer. I don't know if it's because the offensive system is supposed to be built around Julius. I don't know what it has to do with Shouldn't him. be. But. Kemba has to do more, but I don't even know if that's fair because I don't know how healthy he's feeling. So, but he, but if the fact that he's done it means I, what you're doing, what you did in that first quarter in this last game, that needs to be that needs to be the staple of the offense. It's not saying Julius has to not get no touches. Doesn't mean doesn't mean Julius can't ever go one on one or whatever because Julius has had moments this season too. But I feel like the offense just runs much better and much smoother when you have Kemba locked in. Locked in? Yeah. Locked in offensively, locked in defensively. The team goes through him, and then everybody gets their shots because he's the point guard. Everybody falls in line. Make Kemba 1A, Julius 1B as far as who to run the offense through. You give yourself options. Don't be out there confused. Knicks are now eighth in the Eastern Conference when they were once first. And they're tied with the seventh seed Raptors, who they lost to last week. A couple weeks ago, I said Brooklyn was on the outside of the playoff picture with a 500 record. They were three and three. They're now second in the East behind the Washington Wizards, which who the hell would have figured that with a nine and four record? Did not see that coming. And it's looking like we have the Indiana Pacers next. Yeah. That, Any predictions? I'm, I'm, I got Indiana by 10 at least because I just don't see Mitch being able to stop Mitch. I mean, Mitch being able to stop Mitch. I, I don't see Mitch being able to stop Turner if he gets going. I, and we've been struggling at home, so I have no choice but to follow what I'm seeing rather than what I want. So I can see Indiana coming to the goal. Is Miles Turner even going to play? I know, I know that Indiana recently had a little brawl, a little scuffle. And I do believe Miles Turner was one of the guys that was involved in that. And I was waiting to see if there would be any suspensions. But no, it looks like Miles Turner is just going to be fined. So he yep. will play. All right. So after what we saw in Indiana, I don't know if we should. And that's, a, that's another thing. I don't know if we should be using that game as like, do, uh, should we expect Miles Turner to play like that again? Hey, he, he was hitting 
off the dribble, yeah, sidestep three. But should we expect like, that? Yeah, I understand he ain't going to make that again, but he looked unstoppable. Yes, but everywhere else on the court as well. Okay. We really Mix. lost to Miles Turner, Miles Turner hitting those threes, though, if we're going to keep it a buck. Like, it would have been a close game if not for that. Not saying that, not saying that nobody. Quarter, were not, we down 20? Yes, but that's when he. It wasn't just Miles Turner. Miles Turner was hitting a lot of his early threes kind of uh, were, were, were the spark that Indiana fed off of. Like Mitch, Mitch left him, left him open a couple times in that first quarter, and that's how they got to that early lead. And then well, the Knicks seemed demoralized after that, and that's how they got up to. Tw- yeah. I, do I think that we should expect that? Listen, if Miles Turner hits his first open three, Mitch better not. Mitch better forget about them rebounds and just stay with Miles Turner on the perimeter before the Pacers get into any rhythm. I, I don't know if they should change the strategy that they had from their first game because I don't know if Indiana is going to do the exact... I don't think Indiana can do the exact same thing. Miles Turner is a below-average three-point shooter. So is Ricky Rubio. Correct. Do what should... Next time that we play against Ricky Rubio, should we expect Ricky Rubio to hit the threes like that? And ap- well, absolutely I'm not. I'm saying this because it's in the garden and players come... I, absolutely. Garden, I, and if he did that in Indiana, you know he's coming pumped up to do the same thing at MSG. Absolutely. But do I think he will? I don't know. I, I don't think... I, don't, I think that... So we've been seeing. I think you should... I think you should come in with the same strategy you had in the first game. And it, if it starts to look like it might happen again, you abandon it real quick. You know what you know what happened last game, so you should know. All right, if this if this don't work, all right, I can't leave Miles Turner because he's capable of hitting the three. Tibbs operates. Huh? Tibbs don't operate that way. He's gonna stick with what what is. Working. Yeah, he sticks with what works. Working, but not as working go to the bench. But he ain't gonna make that decision early on in the game. He's gonna wait till the third and fourth. I don't quarter. think that Tibbs thinks that his game plan in the first game was a bad one. I think that he thinks that the execution was poor, which the execution's been poor. The execution's been poor with this team. If the if the team executes, do they lose these games? That's the question that, we, that Tibbs is asking himself. If the execution, if the execution is not poor, do they lose these games? So who you got? I got the Knicks winning. How much? More than five. Okay. And I think that. They're going, to look, they're going to look at this last loss. They're going to look at the first loss against Indiana. They're going to be motivated to stop this bad record at home. There's a lot of things going into this game. This is this entire stretch. The Knicks are playing at home, and they're going to they're not going to want to keep being the team that is better at, on the road than at home. They they want to stop this skid of losses this streak of losses that they've had. They've already lost to the Pacers. Bad. Yep. They, uh, they have to come into the, they, they should come into this game motivated. And and everybody is pointing the finger at the starters. So the starters have to play well and continue to play well. This third quarter thing is starting to be a thing. This fourth quarter thing is starting to be a thing. I can't, I, as much as I, I, I'm inclined to believe that As much as I'm inclined to believe that the, the Knicks starters are just worrisome, I can't believe that how we started this season is going to continue in this game. So I got the Knicks by five. Two days later, Knicks versus Orlando Magic in the Garden. I, I've got the Knicks winning by ten plus. I got the Knicks by twenty. You're not. I feel like you're not concerned. Well, the Orlando Magic can't beat us twice in a row. That's not they don't have the the talent. They have talent on the team. They don't have the talent to beat us twice. And until I see a team beat us twice, I'm not gonna ever predict that we're gonna lose twice. I feel like a loss to this team wakes us up more than anything else. So they're gonna be coming to Orlando or or they're gonna be coming to the garden to get that stench off them from last game against the Pacers. I think that the Magic is one of those teams that is just so young. Like, they're not losing games because they're not talented. 
which I think is what you just accused them of not being talented. They enough. They are talented. They're just young. That's 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 the thing for them. They got three wins so far in the season. I, I want to look and see who those wins are against, but the the Magic is just. They're just a young team. If I had to guess, they got all their wins because somebody got hot. They got hot. I mean, Cole Anthony got hot against us. He got hot again. Yeah, but that was just for another game. That was that. That's we, what it takes for them to. We win. beat ourselves. Don't have strategy. We beat ourselves. It wasn't because Cole Anthony got hot. Because Cole Anthony wasn't the only player on that team that played well. Against us, he them. did. But it wasn't just because of him. We lost because. We didn't play well. And Cole Anthony played well. So they beat us. That's 30 and 16. They beat, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I don't believe is a bad team. And they beat the Utah Jazz. Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony had 33 points against the Utah Jazz that game. Carter Jr. had 15 rebounds and six assists against the Utah Jazz. So the other, the other win that they had against the T-Wolves, Cole Anthony had 31 points. So it seems like whenever Cole Anthony is is like gets hot, yeah, it's getting hot. You know that might be have that might be something to look out for. But I mean, and we have no choice but to assume he's going to be fired up to play at the Garden again. Yeah, he's from New York. Yeah, he wanted to be a Nick. We didn't draft him, and he dropped thirty points and sixteen rebounds with eight assists last time he came to the Garden. So I'm only going to expect for him to show up like that again. But we're going to be more prepared for it, and we're going to win by 20, at least. Okay. Who's stopping him? Who, Cole? Yeah. I think we're going to get some Grimes minutes after after we get a, a embarrassing home loss to Indiana. I think we're going to see Quentin Grimes. Okay. But to the next game in MSG, when we face the Houston Rockets on the 20th of November, I say the Knicks by 15 at least. So the only reason why we're going to do this game, we're predicting this game, is because that game is going to be at 5 o'clock. And by the time we finish recording and then actually release the episode, it's probably going to be a little bit of overlap with the game. So we're probably going to redo this when we record the next episode and just kind of repeat what we said. Or post-game quick stream we might do that if, if i'm correct i got my laptop now yeah we could do that too we we could do that we'll see we'll try and figure that out see i'm struggling because i got the if if the knicks do win against indy by five and then win against the magic by 10 i'm scared about them just doing what we've seen them do get lax but I don't want to see the. I don't want to say that they're going to lose against the Rockets either. Oh no, Jalen Green is not. I'm going to say the Knicks. I, at least from what I see, Jalen Green just got the full package. Yeah, and he might be motivated to be an MSG and drop a calm 45. I can see that, but I still don't see us losing to Houston. I don't see us losing to Houston either. I, I'm, but I'm going to say it's going to be a, a frustratingly close game. Knicks win by yeah, Knicks win by two. I think it's going to be close until the fourth quarter, and then. Hopefully, by that point, Quentin Grimes is getting some burn, and he's running with whoever's providing the most intensity for us. I'm hoping for a lineup of Burks, Grimes, IQ, D-Rose, and uh, Obi. Uh, I don't know what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for the entire team to play well like they used to. That's what I'm hoping for. I want to see the entire lineup come out and do what they're supposed to do. It seemed like at the beginning of the season, the Stars played well, but IQ couldn't get into rhythm. But Obi was all right. And now it's like the starters are playing like trash, but the bench is playing good. I I just want to see six to seven players at the same time all playing their games. Maybe not all of them are shooting well, but they're all playing their games and they're all doing what they need to do RJ's not getting to the free throw line like he used to. Mitchell Robinson is not grabbing the boards like he used to. Julius Randle is not 
being Julius Randle. Kemba needs to be a point guard. Evan Fournier needs to fill in the gaps of what, whatever's left on the court. That's what Evan Fournier's job is. Hit the three, make the pass, play the defense. You're, you're, you're our glue guy, Fournier, because you can do a little bit of everything without having to be that guy to run the offense. That's what your job is. Everybody needs to play their role. That's what I want to see. Yeah, that's all I'm hoping for because this is a stretch where we should be going on a winning streak. Last year, I would call a winning streak like this. This year, I'm like, I have no idea what the hell. Maybe. Uh, maybe. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> so, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that I'm not sick next Saturday, number one. Facts. And I'm hoping that we are on a winning streak. Facts. Hope, Hopeful. Because I do believe we have a rough stretch after this next week, but we're going to get into that with the next pod. French, you got anything you want to plug? No, I want to unplug and go to bed. All right, bro, you feel better. Hopefully next week you are feeling better. Thank you. As far as listeners, once again, thank you guys for uh, coming on every week and listening to us, getting our numbers up. Make sure you tell your fellow Knicks fans about us. The Knicks Take Podcast. We pre- Tell the Knicks haters. Yeah, too. tell the Knicks haters too. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Hopefully we can do some streaming. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.